0: It's like fun. It's a little fast for me. How about we hang first?
1: No. It's not real.
0: It seems inevitable at this point. If a film franchise is popular enough, then eventually there is going to be a remake, reboot, or reimagining of the series. This is nothing new. Remakes have been around for nearly as long as cinema itself, but the horror movie remake train really seemed to get rolling around the early and mid-2000s. Perhaps the spate of remakes during this time was a reaction to the self-referential teen slashers of the Scream era. After all, Scream and its derivatives helped introduce younger audiences to the rich history of the horror genre, and they helped reinvigorate longtime fans who might have grown cynical after years of slasher stagnation. To be sure, classic slashers from the 70s and 80s were definitely on the minds of horror fans as the 21st century came around. But instead of merely paying tribute to slasher movies and icons that had inspired generations of fans, these new releases were simply repackaging those icons and selling them back to us as something new. Not every remake is bad, and some are even quite good, but the sheer number of remade classics during this time makes it hard to not be at least a little bit cynical. Within just a few years we got remakes of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas, Prom Night, The Toolbox Murders, April Fool's Day, and many, many more. It felt like any older horror movie with even just the tiniest bit of name recognition was getting a green light for a remake. So, of course, it came as a surprise to absolutely no one when the big three American slashers finally started getting their remakes as well. It started with Rob Zombie's Halloween in 2007, continued with the Friday the 13th remake in 2009, and it concluded with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake in 2010. Was this a case of Hollywood Studios giving fans what they wanted, or was it a way to catch in on nostalgia and name recognition? With Freddy Krueger's new incarnation appearing in theaters late in the cycle of these slickly produced Hollywood remakes, Was the first Nightmare movie without Robert Englund able to breathe new life into mainstream horror like Wes Craven's original did back in 1984? Or did the Michael Bay-led production company Platinum Dunes just crank out yet another remake with hopes of commercial success before artistic achievement? Find out tonight as we discuss the 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street here in The Last Theatre. Welcome once again to The Last Theater. My name is Chris. And my name is Joey. And you are here for the ninth installment of the Nightmare on Elm Street's franchise retrospective, which you can find all of the previous episodes on cnjradio.com, as well as the franchise retrospectives for the aforementioned Halloween, <laughs> Friday the 13th, <laughs> yeah. and the remakes of those movies as well. Um, it's This does feel like a culmination of a lot of stuff that we've done over the years, I yeah. think. But this episode is just about the nightmare remake opening statements what did you think about it
1: uh it's the 10th anniversary of the nightmare on elm street uh from 2010
0: is that that, that's what you think about it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was trying to get a new spin on the
1: nightmare on elm street as a film that i saw right (laughs) uh well I, I kind of go back to the thing that I know I'm sure I talked about during our Friday retrospectives. Right. Which is uh, when when I got to meet Derek Mears and shook his hand and all that good stuff. Yeah. Told him how uh, I opened up with, I usually, I hate all remakes, you know. And he looked mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. But then when I got to the point, I was like, dude, your yours is really good. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed that Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. And he goes, man, everybody on that set was a fan of the film. Mm-hmm. So that being said, and I hate to do the apples and oranges thing, yeah. but I'm going to. Sure. Do you feel like everybody on the set just watching it was a fan of this film, of the original Nightmare on Elm Street?
0: Not necessarily. I don't know that they necessarily understood what made it work super well. Uh, maybe they did, maybe they did. Maybe it's. I mean, it's a collaborative effort, so maybe there were some that, that enjoyed it, but some didn't. There's not a whole lot of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff that I really found about this one. Yeah,
1: the most interesting thing is probably Jack Errol Haley's connection to the original.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a rumor that, apparently unconfirmed, but the rumor was that he was a friend of Johnny Depp and originally auditioned for the original movie, but didn't get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, gave him a ride apparently.
0: Yeah. So, and of course, Johnny Depp made a career from his appearance in yeah. the original Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: Uh, and apparently, Robert Downey Jr. didn't uh, actually, you know, butt into his buddy's audition. The the guy that played Rod. Oh, okay. He gave him a ride to the uh, apparently because <laughs> they were there. Yeah. So that been and,
0: really Johnny Depp and Robert Downey yeah. Jr. and uh, original Nightmare Man yeah. that that's I could have been. Yeah,
1: maybe Robert was a bit more. Uh, I don't. I don't want to like paint Johnny as a bad guy here, right. but apparently Johnny like you know kind of pulled the rug out from under Jackie. Oh, and, okay. uh, and yeah, I mean, maybe. I'm not saying he intended it, sure, but sure. that's what happened. Yeah. If, if the the rumor is true, the rumor yeah. in any window, as we say, right. So, yeah, man, we're really dancing around this remake here. But, uh, yeah, and so Jackie gets the part of yeah. F- of Freddy Krueger.
0: I don't mind that casting. Like, I think Jackie Earl Haley is really good I, as an actor, period. But also for the role of an evil Freddy, I think he can do a great job giving the correct environment. Um, I think direction and writing obviously have a huge part of how this movie turned out, which sure. we'll get to. But Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy, I like.
1: Yeah, and he was on a roll at the time. He was the
0: comeback kid. Uh, That role in Little Children, I mean. That's what got him the role in this movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He had stopped acting for a long time. He just looking up uh, the quick Google search research that I did on him there's a big gap in his film career credits because he stopped acting and little children was his comeback and yeah. it, he got all sorts of awards I and mean, he was great. So, yeah. and then of course, Watchmen he did after that, which yeah. also helped.
1: Yeah. So little children got him the role with the studio. Yeah. But I, I know for a fact, according to an interview with Robert England, yeah. he had seen Watchmen mm. and he liked Jackie in it so much that he had no hesitation and, yeah. you know, passing the torch at yeah. least in interviews <laughs> yeah you know because i I'm, I'm assuming behind the scenes he was probably very disappointed and, and probably like, because i'm disappointed for him right you know that's really the the case here you yeah. know for me so but yeah i mean he's he's a really good actor he was on a good role yeah this is a good role for a guy that we knew because of those other two roles right this is a potentially good Freddy. best right. best possible scenario for with sure. that particular like age that you want to cast it in at that point. Yeah. So not, I, not peeing on that at all.
0: 100% agree. I think the people around him, especially the ones above him, uh, as in producers, writers, directors, maybe not so much super fans of Wes Craven's original. Sidebar, real quick, Wes Craven was not contacted whatsoever about anything about this remake. Uh, I read a, a yeah. quick little blurb, uh, old article on IGN where he's said, so, yeah, I wasn't contacted. I knew nothing about it. And it shows. As opposed to the Last House on the Left remake that was released the year prior in 2009, he is a producer on that. So is yeah. uh, Sean Cunningham.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just think that that, right there, that's a bad about face. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, I didn't really know what was happening, and they didn't care to say anything. And
0: its he was disappointed and... I believe he actually said the word hurt. He was hurt Mm -hmm. by it because, yeah, we talked about it throughout this entire retrospective series, but also, especially in the first one, how much of a labor of love like the original was to him and the fact that he wrote that um, on his own. It was the first movie that he wrote for himself as opposed to being hired to do something else. Yeah. And the work that he put into it and himself... Freddy Krueger, his childhood bully, he put into the movie. Yep. And the fact that he was not contacted whatsoever about it is like, okay, it makes it. It's talking in my intro about being like, okay, can I enjoy this or am I cynical? That leans me definitely towards the cynical yeah. side.
1: What would you rather be put in a position with Chris if it was one of your movies, let's yeah. say hypothetically? Sure. And something that you had a special attachment to, like everything you just said about Wes and the original Nightmare. Sure. Would you rather have just not been contacted? Be like, well, it's out of my hands, and it's gonna suck, and I don't have to take any of the shrapnel, yeah. or like maybe like what happened to Ivan Reitman in the last Ghostbusters that came out, where he just got froze out as a like, he got publicly yeah. froze out of that film sure. in a very embarrassing way. Yeah. So like, I, I guess the if, West Journey is probably the better one, right? If those are
0: my options. Then yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have it be like. The Last House on the Left, where he actually does have say as a producer. I mean, you don't have final say, necessarily, but, like, higher level, and you can kind of guide it from afar, rather than just being, not being able to touch it at all.
1: Yeah, I hope that anybody that has a hand in the script, or anything like that, is a fan, and if you come up to them, they're like, oh my god, yeah, whatever you want, man. Like, you hope that that's the case.
0: Yeah, and The Last House on the Left remake, I like fine. It's not great, but it's better than... lot of other stuff some of the stuff i mentioned in the in the intro
1: i haven't braved any of those
0: so uh it's fine yeah Yeah. i don't like the ending very much yeah Yeah, so (laughs) talking about the higher ups michael bay is the one of the three owners of platinum dunes who put Mm -hmm. out uh this version of nightmare on elm street and platinum dunes made their money in their initial decade of making movies almost exclusively on remakes of older movies.
1: Yeah. I mean it's it's a smart business model, I gotta hand it to them
0: Yeah, and like they they did two original movies during that time. One was The Unborn, which is okay. It's kind of a generic like uh supernatural haunted house sort of movie. Yeah. And The Horseman, which I've seen, it's not that great. It's uh I watched it because Zang is in it and I love oh, her. There you go. But Dennis Quaid is also in it. He's okay. fine. It, the movie flopped pretty much. It didn't make nearly its budget back, and so that's, I mean, that's like an indication. Yeah, maybe just stick with the remakes. People yeah. aren't really going to like them, but they're going to make you money. Sure, yeah.
1: And and up front, not a Platinum Dunes hater because yeah. of the Friday the 13th remake. Yeah. I'm like, maybe there's going to be some merit here, and that's—and I knew that going into yeah. watching the Nightmare on Elm Street remake right. here.
0: So, But unfortunately, they also did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Yeah, and yeah. And the that's... Hitcher and so, I don't, and the Amityville Horror remake. So.
1: I, I don't know if I hate a horror movie more than the two Platinum Dunes Chainsaw Massacre movies. Yeah. The the two initial ones. I'm, I'm sure yeah. there's more since there then. There's another one after Ugh. that, yeah. I, I, not,
0: not Platinum Dunes, another company that the went after that.
1: And one. especially the beginning, I have a, a special hate for. <laughs> I, I that That's one it's, of the first yeah. times I've sat in a theater and felt like someone was telling me, you are a dumb piece of shit and here's your entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I felt massively offended. Yeah, uh, So, yeah, I, I took that one a little personally. <laughs> I so see that. They don't have a winning record with me. But yeah. once again, because of the nature of... I feel like maybe they didn't even take those seriously. Right. Because, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre wasn't even taken seriously for years and years and years and years and years. But Friday the 13th... Mainstream, and, yeah. yeah. mainstream wise. But Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street are more special in the sense that they kicked off immediately. Like, they really were, yeah, like, yeah, big yeah. things immediately. So you would think that there would be more protection involved in both of these things. And there was for one of them, yeah. but not the other. It, I'm getting into Friday versus Nightmare mode, but I can't help it with this uh, in this scenario. I just can't. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a lot of the same people, at least high-end, high, high end worked on them, the production company and whatnot. And it, they feel very similar. They're repackaging the previous movies friday really pulled from a lot of the different yep. friday the 13th movies whereas nightmare it's like most, the greatest hits of the first yeah, three you know I, the things i've seen online they're saying that nightmare this remake pulled from the entire series but i don't really see that so much it's pretty much the first movie yeah uh, there's elements of the other ones kind of a little bit kind of ghosting in there a little bit but it's really just the first one
1: yeah, and I, I think maybe they were probably paying a lot of attention to Rob Zombie's Halloween yeah, uh, because of the backstory. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously. Oh, there's, backstory-wise, yeah, yeah. because yeah. there's very little backstory in the original one, and that's what makes it yeah. work, yeah. because it's, once again, the less you know, the scarier yeah. it is. Yeah. And not that once the reveal happens, which we'll talk about later, yeah. not that that's not a dark thing. Right. But it does give you a lot, yeah. and maybe that's not necessary. Yeah. It it leads to a lot of unnecessary stuff in the film. It's not,
0: and I do want to get to that. Yeah, we'll Uh, get to it. Yeah, a lot of the movies around this time really felt very samey, mostly because of like the visual style. And even even though I do like the Friday the Thirteenth remake, it does have that same kind of visual quality to a lot of these movies around this time period. The remakes—it's
1: like the same cinematographer for like ten years. Yeah,
0: I feel I wouldn't go as far as to say cookie cutter necessarily, but they all have that same kind of visual quality to them. It's just kind of. Not necessarily bland, but since they're all kind of the same-ish, you just kind of see the same kind of thing. Uh, But the reason I'm talking about that is the director, uh, this was... Take a guess. His first feature, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. How
1: much money they they put right. millions in down? De- like a lot. This is the highest budget nightmare ever, right?
0: Uh, you can't yeah, hire a good I director. I think so.
1: You can't hire an experienced director. He
0: he was an experienced director, but in music videos and commercials. Oh
1: yeah, I know who this is. Yeah. I remember now.
0: Samuel Bayer's yeah. name. Yeah.
1: Right on the front end, yeah. some of the best music videos yeah. ever. Yeah, uh, Manson, Bowie, Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. Like, Go look up his
0: stuff. Hits, just I wrote down some of the hit, garbage like hits. Yeah, yeah. garbage. Bowie, uh, the Cranberry Zombie, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, um, Suicidal Tendencies. Nobody hears. Ramones, oh. Poison Heart. Great videos, like, and if you look at those videos, which I did before I watched this, they all do kind of have a very similar look to them. It's
1: that opening sequence too. Yeah. that
0: that's really all him yeah, right there. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he was hired for his visual style. Unfortunately, like his visual style kind of emerged in that late, like mid to late '90s era yeah. of like darkness and stuff yeah. like that, and that was just kind of brought into this as well. It didn't really change so much. Yeah. I didn't think
1: it, it, it's. I, it's definitely the David Fincher factor. Yeah. Like, oh, he started in great stylish music videos. Yeah. It, it'll translate. Just, right. you, not everybody's David Fincher. Yeah. You, know, you know why? Because the other end of that is Michael Bay. Right. No, of course, yeah. Michael Bay's movies have made money, not yeah. hating. I like I actually, some of Michael Bay's yeah, movies. Yeah. Love Bad Boys. Yeah. That's my favorite one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, depending on what you want. Right. But I guarantee you, they're going to be more Michael Bay than they are David Fincher. Right. So with a movie like Nightmare on Elm Street, I feel like you'd kind of want more of a David Fincher, wouldn't you?
0: You would. And that's the kind of the issue I'm kind of getting to. Like, nothing against Samuel Bayer. He makes stuff that's nice to look at. However, Nightmare on Elm Street requires a director that understands like how to create like compelling characters and narratives. Because that's what Wes Craven did with the original. He had the great visuals, but supporting all of that was the backstory and the mythology and the great character building of specifically nancy and then her friends around her Uh, kind of bringing back what you were talking about earlier saying like how the focus on freddy in this remake kind of was unnecessary and pulled away i agree because it took up like real estate like time in the movie also the fact that Nancy wasn't even the main character to begin this movie. That character of Chris, uh Christina, um, I thought it was Kristen at first, but it's just it's actually Christina is what she's credited. Yeah, I was
1: thinking it was like a tribute to Yeah. Kristen from However,
0: much like Kristen did in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, where she took up like the first third of the movie, whereas the real protagonist was Alice. She did the same in this movie. Christina took up a good chunk of the first movie, I'd say the first quarter of the movie, trying to learn about what was going on, but then she's killed off, and it really is Nancy who is the only character named for her counterpart in the original movie.
1: And that's the only gimme they give us in the movie as far as like, well, you need to pay attention to her. Yeah. Otherwise, they had to have her go up towards the beginning during the first funeral and be like, oh, I, I believe you. Like that's all they gave her initially. Yeah. yeah. So
0: it, it taking so much time with Chris and Freddy's backstory that ultimately felt unnecessary to me, it leaves you not connecting as strongly with Nancy and that character. The mm-hmm. you have the equivalents of all of her friends from the original. Rod is the Jesse character who is there. He's Chris's boyfriend. Chris is the Tina character and yeah quentin is the glenn character but none of them have the same impact that the original characters do because there's just one there's not enough time spent on their relationships and two they're just not fleshed out enough yeah
1: you know and there is actually some elements of this remake that could have worked in the first one yeah like the whole thing of like oh we've known each other longer than this yeah. like that's kind of neat yeah you know that could have worked in the first one you know that would have been yeah. a decent reveal too but ultimately i feel like they just did that to be like see it's different than the original yeah like even though this is definitely a remake of the original yeah. they, they're gonna remake and try to remake every kill in it you know like yeah in, more in or a less. Sense. Yeah. yeah so So they were just like, oh, see, it's different. Ours is different. It's not totally a ripoff. I feel like that was what they did to make it that.
0: Yeah, they should have just kind of gone their own direction. It's one of those instances where being tied to the original so closely and probably feeling like you had to do, you had to touch on the original so much, but it prevented them from going in their own directions so much that it just fell somewhere in the middle to try to satisfy everyone, and it ended up satisfying almost no one. Yeah. So it's it's one of those situations.
1: Yeah, and although there are good visuals in this film, yeah. like the dream wipes, as I call them, Yeah. at the same time, it kind of doesn't make the movie work because you know you're in the dream. Like, that's the beauty yeah. of some of these other ones. Like, right. you kind of know, but you have to watch them a bunch to yeah. realize, hey, this is a dream. Right. But sometimes there is that what if, yeah. and I like that. Yeah, There's none of that in this movie. There, no. there, there's, you know, and anytime they think that they're trying to fool you, you know you're not being fooled at all. Right. So it's, you know, that the whole thing. So I was never on the edge of my seat when it came to like, oh, is this a dream or is it not? I knew every time that it was a dream yeah. or nightmare, I guess. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they took away a lot of, the, the fun feeling of it. I even feel like half the cast didn't even care that they were in this movie. I never got that perception that they were having fun yeah. or cared about the material. Just, And that's just how I feel.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of did feel like they were just kind of there for the paycheck maybe um, mm-hmm. or there for their career. Uh, Rooney Mara has gone on record as saying that she had a terrible time on the set. I tried looking into that but I couldn't find anything where she expounded upon that. Sure. But I think it had to do with the roles she was getting at the time. Uh, Her first credited role was in uh, 2005, the Urban Legends Bloody Mary movie. So she was getting like... Yeah. Those, like those post Scream era, but late in the era, sure. kind of really crappy ones. <laughs> right. That she was getting that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she.
1: At least she wound up working with Venture later. Yeah. She got
0: <laughs> the role in the social network the same year as Nightmare on Elm Street. And that helped lead into the girl with the dragon tattoo, which launched her career. Yeah. So. She reached that low point, but it immediately went to the high point. So I'm happy for her for that. But yeah, the other people in the movie, like uh, the Chris character, her act- the actress was, uh, her name is Katie Cassidy. She was known, I guess, for remakes maybe. She was in Black Christmas and When a Stranger Calls. Oh. Yeah, so it feels like those are just kind of... The paychecks you know yeah. how can you really be like that into i'm sure they'd seen the movies before yeah. but who knows how much they were into them quick sidebar though since this was we're talking about friday the 13th the remake a lot the did you recognize the character of marcus the one that they looked at in the video when they had nancy and quentin were doing their library research the one that kind of sm- they smashed his face into the camera
1: Oh, oh, the guy that was doing the blog? Oh, yeah, yeah he's the, he's in the Friday the 13th remake. Yeah, yeah, Oh, wow. He's, a, what,
0: yeah.
1: Chewie, I think? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the goofy guy. That's awesome. Yeah, so, little connection there. Yeah, I like it. I like <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, that's the only degree that we have for it. I mean, besides, you know, the production company. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, that's cool. Yeah. All right.
0: So, yeah, who knows if they were really having a good time in the movie. I didn't have a great time watching it. Did you episode. go see it in the theater? I don't remember seeing it in the theater.
1: <laughs> I think that's one of the first times I've ever heard you say that, really? which speaks really? a lot to this movie. I saw it in the dollar theater, so I didn't invest, and they didn't give me, uh, you know, I, I didn't give them too much. I imagine money. I
0: must have. I, I was going to the movies all the time. I mm-hmm. must have gone to see it. I don't remember ever being excited about it. No, I did. I remember seeing it because the whole point of the whole thing with Freddie's background. Annoyed me to no end yeah. while I was watching it the first yeah. time. I and watching it this time, I remembered how annoyed I was the first time I watched it, and that was in yeah. the theater.
1: I should have a better memory of seeing this in a the theater as far as like positivity goes, yeah. because I uh, there, there's this dollar theater out of about ten miles from here over in Irving, mm. and it's like like the death dollar theater. And I'd seen the last showing that night. Yeah. And it was like being in Nightmare 4. <laughs> like there were <laughs> right. three people in there. Yeah. And it's not even like, you know, it's not everything stadium seating now, even right. dollar theater. But this one wasn't. Yeah. It was old school. And I remember when I left, all the lights were out in the entire building. <laughs> like even the hallway area, right. the concession area. All lights were turned out, and apparently the lone employee was sitting in a parked car outside, waiting for everybody to leave that night. Wow. I'm sure that wasn't protocol. Sure. But I should have this, like, creepy memory of, like, running to my car to (laughs) not get... No, none of that, but that's the only thing that really... That was the scariest part of the whole movie, (laughs) was leaving that night. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, there's my story. Wow, yeah. So Let's just get to it, man. Let's spoil this, uh, because I want to talk about it. We've
0: danced around it a lot. So, yeah, the the whole thing with Freddie in this one, the filmmakers, I think I was reading an interview with one of the producers, not Michael Bay, but one of the other producers, saying that they wanted to she talked about a lot of things they wanted to do (laughs) to go back to kind of the original intent of Wes Craven for Freddy, which was that he was a child molester, uh, which is true. Like that was one of the early ideas that Wes Craven had. I don't know if he necessarily wanted that in the final version and it got changed, or if he decided that being just a child killer would be better. Although the molester thing does kind of pop up in... Like, tones, it's not ever explicitly stated in, like, the original run, but it, it pops up in different things, like how Freddy's tongue always pops out in every single movie, practically. Yeah. Like, there's always sexual undertones to it, so the mol- molestation angle is has always been there. Yeah. But it's explicit in this one. But the thing is, in this movie, they went with the idea that maybe Freddy didn't do it, and he was wrongfully killed yeah. by the parents of Elm Street.
1: So he's he's
0: either going to be like really, really, really evil or the worst kind of evil. <laughs> yeah, it's I just don't see the point in having that. One, again, I go back to it just takes time away from everything else in the movie. You're taking people's focus away from Nancy and her friends and you're putting it on Freddy Krueger whether he did it or not. But it doesn't matter whether he did it or not because he's murdering people, yeah, exactly. so he's evil anyway.
1: Yeah, so the kids get mad at their parents. Yeah. And they should stick with the main idea. You kept this hidden from us and you knew about this. And that's how the original plays out. But with this one, it's like you hunted him down and burned him because he killed a bunch of kids. Why did you do that, mom and dad? That's wrong. (laughs) I mean, they should be saying, well, no wonder he's coming to kill us. And they say that to an extent. But then it kind of almost turns into like almost sympathetic to Freddy.
0: In like a weird i I way. feel
1: that way that that's where it went it for about five ten minutes it, until they figured it out.
0: It felt like they were trying to do that because, yeah, the kids were more mad. uh Quentin was more mad at his dad and Nancy was more mad at her mom than anything else yeah, so it it just it made a really weird scenario, but then by the end of the movie, you realize they find the secret cave and they see all the drawings and everything, and the memories sort of come back. And they never really explained how the memories were repressed for yeah. all of the kids. Yeah. Like, I understand... They didn't
1: even go the big farmer route like they did in Freddy vs.
0: Jason. Yeah, Yeah, which would have been easy to do. Yeah. But, like, I understand repressed memories are a thing. Yeah. But for all of these kids to have repressed memories, you mm-hmm. should have introduced something where, like, Freddy was using his magic powers to do that to them yeah. somehow or something, you yeah. know. Or have
1: Chewie be the guy that yeah. <laughs> talked about right. it yeah. in his vlog, you yeah. know, like... I'm remembering that this happened and this happened because maybe with the way he's going through, like, massive sleep deprivation. Yeah. Not that they aren't all doing they that. They are, yeah. But that would have been a cool place to have the reveal, yeah. especially before the last sign-off.
0: Yeah.
1: That could have been a, a good place to do it. Right. But, yeah, I just hate the whole, like, ooh, maybe he didn't do it. Yeah.
0: Maybe he didn't. Nah, never mind, he did it. Especially, so watching the movie and not knowing how it ended the first time I watched it, I was annoyed by it because I was like, I don't see the point in doing that. But then when they reveal that he did do it anyway, it just furthered. I was kind of out of the movie by that point because it's like, what's the point? What was the point of any of that? And reading that producer's interview, he was stating that part of the thing that they wanted to do with this movie was to explore a uh, quote, what makes a monster? Like, is it like, who's more of a monster? Is it the parents? Is it Freddie? Like what, what made him a monster, but th- <laughs> it's not that deep of a movie. No, the writing wasn't there to support any of that. And if you're going to do something like that, you can't really do it that well in a lot of, you can do it in a slasher, but it's a lot harder to do. And especially in this kind of movie, like, it just doesn't work. And it just comes across as pointless and aimless.
1: Yeah. And they probably thought they were being real smart. Yeah. That's the thing that kills me. It's like, ooh, we've got this, like, CSI thing going on. Yeah.
0: But you (laughs) see the the detective, the amateur detective thing is in, like, thousands of movies. And this type of movie, it's in probably three quarters of them at least. I know. And it's not original. And it's... I I know, I'm just, yeah, I'm just (laughs) venting at this point. It can be entertaining, but I don't know. The the stuff that Quentin and Nancy discovered were they found micro-naps, which I like that idea of, because I've talked about it throughout the entire series. It's not new to this movie, but the whole thing where sleep deprivation, going back to the Fight Club reference I did in one of these episodes where, like, Tyler Durden was seeing... Things in when his waking hours because yeah. micro naps, yeah. and that was introduced in this movie to explain the instant transition from real real world to dream world. Yeah. So and it makes sense. I like that.
1: Yeah, and probably because I just rewatched this series again, but the initial Born Identity trilogy. Yeah, there's literally a uh, the the entire plot of one of the films. I forget which one. Yeah. It's either the second or the third one, where he's having a reoccurring dream. Yeah. And he can't get to that last part and location. Yeah. And that's literally what they do in this one, too. Yeah. I just need to know where this last location is. Right. And then I got it figured out. Right. Which, of course, was the uh, elementary school or preschool or kindergarten or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's it's the exact same plot yeah. as they did. And, and yeah. that movie made a lot of money. So I'm right. thinking, <laughs> because it was a few years after it, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe where they got it from.
0: It's not a super original idea. Okay? No, but, it's yeah. not. But, you know,
1: yeah, yeah I just I, I thought about that just because I'm like, well, oh. Yeah, know, for sure. If you can... Take it out of the a different genre, yeah. people think that it's a new idea somehow. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. and you can do new twist on, on stuff. That's what almost all these movies are, really, new twist on old ideas.
1: Yeah, mm. and, and you know, missing Robert's a big thing. Uh, once again, no offense to Jackie. Yeah. It's yeah. just one of those things where he is a good, creepy guy. Yeah, uh, Those other roles definitely prove that, especially yeah. little children, once again. Yeah. Uh, not hate... That, that, that's a great movie but you don't, should only see it once It's right. so freaking dark yeah. and depressing as hell But you should see it yeah. It's like Leaving Las Vegas or Hotel Rwanda Or right. Schindler's List Watch <laughs> it but use once and destroy Kind of thing yeah. almost
0: Schindler's List, uh, the dad uh, is in Schindler's List uh,
1: Oh wow yeah. They're nice. Yeah, got <laughs> yeah, that tie in there.
0: But yeah, I agree totally. The and like the only other thing that in that whole amateur detective thing that they really uncovered, yeah, they found the school, but that was Quentin like dreamed of Freddie getting killed. I guess Freddie was showing him that. They didn't really explain how that happened. I don't know if he was trying to mislead him or something. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. But um, the only other thing they discovered was like the Pied Piper angle, like of the the man who was wrongfully convicted or accused of whatever and then took the kids and whatever they did in the pipe, Piper, I don't remember, sure. maybe they ate yeah. them or something, I don't no, know. There's definitely a just nod. took them away. Yeah,
1: definitely a nod to it for sure.
0: But so. other than that, like, it, the whole... I don't know. It just felt like there were so many places the movie went that they just didn't go anywhere. It didn't feel like there was much in this movie at yeah. all.
1: Well, and then they get to the final battle, which... It's so freaking short. Like, it's... I'm not used to that. Like, I'm used to this franchise and the epic battle, the showdown. They give it a lot of room to breathe. Yeah. And they went completely against the grain on this one. Yeah. Like, that last fight scene is, what, less than five minutes. It's
0: super short. And, like, you go back to the original and... You have Nancy setting up all the traps, and she's setting up all her plans, and she has the plan with Glenn, but dies, and then she has to make a new plan with her dad.
1: The setup for this one, they kick it off the same way. Mm. She, Nancy, new Nancy, let's mm. just go with that, new Nancy's like, right. I am going to bring him out of my dream. I figured yeah. it out because yeah. I ripped that piece of clothing off of him. Right. Okay. And they're like, great. So they go back to the scene of the crime. Uh, they're at the school, and she's going to bring him out. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he you know gives her the shot to put her out or whatever yeah or maybe or, he doesn't need it no no that's that's later on that's yeah, to wake yeah, her up sorry yeah, yeah. because they have to do that adrenaline bit from the yeah. hospital yeah which seemed weird at the time but of course it's, it's like it oh, okay. setting up the yeah. yeah i didn't hate that part about it honestly <laughs> it's a nice nod to pulp fiction <laughs> sure uh, because that's what it is <laughs> so they they set it up okay you're gonna go to sleep pull him out and i'll whack him over the head when you bring him out right yeah and so they just do it haphazardly it's like yeah. okay Sweet dreams. I'll see you in a minute. Right. And then it's almost like he appears to start looking around the room like, what yeah. can I use as a weapon? He did. <laughs> like They had like, no,
0: no plan. This is yeah. not thought
1: out at all. Yeah. Like, you don't even get to like the characters enough to give them any kind of credit for being smart. Right. You know, yeah, you got this far. You used all of your
0: brain power. Yeah. You can relax now. That's yeah. literally what happened. <laughs> and if you go back to the original Nancy and Glenn, like, Nancy really didn't have much of a plan either originally. But the original plan didn't come across because Glenn got killed, so she had to come up with a new plan. Yeah. But in this one, it's the first plan, and it works. And it's like, okay. And (laughs) it really seems kind of really simple. Uh, The biggest thing about that whole final sequence in this one, the remake, is that it takes away, like, the whole dream demon, you have no power over me thing. It's not present at all. Yeah. Even though earlier in the movie, Nancy sees that Quentin's wearing a a cross on a necklace and says, oh, I didn't know you were religious or whatever. He's like, well, you got to believe in something. And you would think that would play into the end of the movie where Nancy would use her mind powers like Nancy did in the original, saying, you don't have any power over me. You can't touch me. This is just a dream. Like, if I'm not scared of you, you can't touch me. But in this one, that whole thing is just—it's never—it never, it never yeah. comes up. It's just not there. It's just take the uh, paper cutter thing, break it off, and let's just cut his throat. Yeah, the end. That's it. Yeah, that's
1: really it. I mean, we're yeah. not even exaggerating just yeah. because we hate it so much. I'm gonna go into—if you don't mind, Chris—there's three things from the original that were huge callbacks. Yeah. One I thought was better yeah. than the original. Wow. Give you one of those. Wow. One I hated. Okay and one that was just like okay this is a push okay (laughs) all right Mm -hmm. so the push i'm gonna go with the old school tina death which is chris's death yeah it's fine yeah i I have no problem with it it sets up the scenario of having to get the guy back in jail just like the original and whatever that's fine yeah okay the wall (laughs) the bedroom
0: wall chris that's your that's the one that's better right no i know no, this is absolute
1: garbage <laughs> and you know it i i audible groans from both ends of the room watching yeah. this this time i mean does it could it look more like the mummy like the 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 90s version could it look more cg i mean that is garbage i mean i i hate to sound like yeah. every internet commentator known to man but that thing is trash
0: it's it's bad and it, it is clearly just in there to be like, hey, remember this from the original? But I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> but
1: <yeah. laughs> remember yeah. looking way better, and one of the like, I remember it being one of the scariest scenes in cinema history. Yeah, that thing is bad.
0: Over two and a half decades later, and they failed miserably to even, not even do better, but to even recreate yeah. like like you could have just done the same thing.
1: This is Exhibit A of the de-evolution of practical effects versus. Yeah. CG. Yeah. If you need one example, this is your lone example. Right, yeah. Because once again, I can go back to the Friday the 13th remake and be like, a lot of this seems very practical. Yeah. Obviously, there's yeah, CG in it, yeah. but it's not
0: so freaking obvious. It's, it seems more like augmented rather than just flat out yeah. 100% computer.
1: Yeah, let's do it after the fact and make it, try to look as good as possible. Yeah. They weren't even trying on this. This yeah. is just absolute shit. So... Very ending. Yeah, we're going right to the very, very last part of the movie. Yeah. Completely. And you heard the episode on the original. Hopefully you did. Mm-hmm. CNJRadio.com. And how much we trashed the ending. This is a little better. I, as far, yeah. I <laughs> it, it, It didn't have anything helping it because right. I hated the movie so much. So by that time I was like, fuck this. <laughs> so that was yeah. going on. But I got to say... The pulling, uh, and they didn't pull the mom through the door. Right. Through the door hole. Yeah. They pulled her through a mirror, which I think plays better. And it's actually good, better old school Freddy mythology. Because there's some good mirror play in some of the original movies. Yeah. So that's just a little bit better. That is the one improvement I could find. (laughs) I've been building up this whole episode just to say, the mirror thing, not that bad. It's just one of those things where... The, the bar is so low, yeah. it just kind of hiccups a little bit, and that's what that part is. So the and best
0: the, thing is not really that good.
1: It's not that good, but it it's, it actually looks better, i got to say, than it, the original. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, because the original looks terrible. That's one of those instances <laughs> where practical effects, yeah, you probably just shouldn't, shouldn't have even tried that. Should have thought of something else. Yeah. And that's the thing with practical effects is, yeah, you can't do everything you might want to do, but it forces you to be creative in different ways to get the same effect, yeah. and that's one of the things that with CGI, yeah, I mean, it takes skill to do that stuff. But it also can, in my opinion, I think some people can just get lazy and like, "Oh, we'll just put it on the computers later; it's fine." Yeah. So
1: it's no way to make a movie. Yeah. Uh, and once again, Jackie was fine. I'm not going to go into detail <laughs> about how he looks. I get the idea they want to make him look more like a burn victim. It's
0: weird. It's another one of those cases, in the brief research I did before we went on the air here, that they split the difference. They kind of dropped in the middle because they didn't want him to look like Freddy, especially in the later ones after part two. He doesn't really look like a burn victim. He looks like kind of an approximation of what someone might think a burn victim might look like. The first two, he looks very meaty and and pretty... Maybe not, like, a realistic burn victim, but it's that just, like, meathead thing. You can at least buy it. Yeah. You can buy the, uh, you know, the whole character. But they didn't want to go... In this one, they didn't want to go full actual burn victim either because they didn't want him to be too horrific and grotesque. Or they didn't want to touch on, like, the real life look, I guess. Maybe because... I mean, real people are burned, and that would suck to see your face on screen and be like, that's a monster, you know?
1: Instead, they kind of went with the mummy.
0: Right. They kind of (laughs) did. They split the difference again, and it it doesn't satisfy anyone when you do that kind of stuff. I didn't really like the way he looked. Um, I know the people who worked on the effects. It was... Practical, but they augmented it with CGI.
1: Yeah, I, I did hear him saying, like, you sit in a makeup chair for three to six hours, yeah. and you want to kill people.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he. yeah, Jack Errol Haley has said that he used the frustration of sitting in that chair kind of to build up, like, his, his mojo for playing Freddy. Yeah. And, of course, we've talked about Robert England's frustrations with it over the years. Yeah. yeah, I didn't... I don't know. I just didn't like it that much. He wasn't able to... Emote through the. It was kind of just like a solid thing, yeah. which I understand real burn victims are like that. Their yeah. face just doesn't move very much. Yeah,
1: like concave. When it's
0: that much. Uh, but at the same time, even though Freddy wasn't the jokester in the first one that he was in the later ones. He still smiled. He still had personality yeah. at times. When he is cutting off his own fingers, well, it's almost all in shadow. But you still see that smile and that look in his yeah. eyes. Whereas Jackie Earl Haley never got to that point in this movie.
1: Yeah, they they did approach it differently. And, you know, you can make an argument for both ways. Because the way Robert approached it is obviously, ooh, look at this new lease that I have yeah. on my work. Yeah, And Jackie's version is kind of just like, I'm miserable. And... That's how everybody else is gonna feel. Like he was never playing. He plays a game, but it's not as it's not as overtly sinister and overtly planned as Robert's uh, version. At, it's at just times, kind of like let's yeah. just kill
0: him. But uh, sort of. But at the same time, there is another thing that I did like about that movie is I forget who I think it was when he killed Jesse. The one, the the one that, the one that uh, new Jesse, <laughs> the, yeah, the boyfriend of Chris, who yeah, yeah. got taken to jail. He initially in the jail cell, he stabs him through the back, I think, or whatever. he, he guts him basically, yeah. uh, but Jesse back in the dream world after that happens. Freddie goes up to him and he's like, you know, brain activity in the brain still continues for however many minutes after physical death. So I still have that much time to play with you. So there is a bit of the like torturing people through the dreams and having fun with it. He talks about saving Nancy to last because he wants to mess with her because she was his favorite. Yeah. Also, he does have jokes in this one, but they don't come across the same yeah. late in the movie. He talks about having a wet dream. And he talks about when he's talking to Nancy in that final big dream sequence, he's like, Oh, something about dating, but let's hang first. And he's has the people hanging yeah. behind him. Yeah. Um, it, but it, it doesn't come across sinister to me and it doesn't come across funny to me either. It's just kind of this weird in the middle thing. Yeah. So it's one of the things like you didn't feel like he was playing with people. I did. But yeah. it's, it's somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, it's more in a serial killer vein than like a, you know, almost like a paranormal thing. He
0: didn't seem to have... Yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is yeah. he didn't seem to have the joy of it yeah. that Freddy did in the original when yeah. he was laughing and having yeah. fun chasing people. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, but he did, at the same time, the way the character is written and the lines he has to say makes you think that maybe he wants to be enjoying it, but that's not how it comes across. Yeah. So again, it's... This whole movie is about... It's kind of joyless. <laughs> yeah, it's bland middle ground. So, yeah. I think that's a good way to finish. <laughs> yeah. And just other... Like the the noise the glove makes, he kind of swishes his, his uh, fingers. Yeah. I understand that he was probably trying to make a new iconic noise for sure. Freddy. Sure. But it... You just you should have just used the original the screech yeah. because they should have actually lifted that from the original movie because that's iconic and if you want to connect I wouldn't I don't think people would mind if you use yeah. that again the swish thing didn't work for me
1: and even when they went with the sparks it yeah. looks so much like he was plugged in somewhere yeah. with, to a battery you know like at it, it, no point yeah. did it seem like he was really making those it looked too sexy. Yeah.
0: and if he's a child molester if he didn't actually kill any of the kids when he was alive yeah. why does he have the glove.
1: I don't know because I mean you saw that some kids did wind up with slash there were marks but yeah it but it was like, like the one finger version like you, you, that you found yeah, in, it, in the it workshop didn't
0: look, it didn't look like really cuts to me there's the yeah. one where they pull up the 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 you see on the back of. I I don't remember which character it was, but one of the girls, and you see the there's a few marks on her, but it doesn't look like cuts. Yeah. Like, it was... Like, he,
1: the, the Chris dress thing was kind of put in there to yeah. be like, this is the Yeah, glove. there were slashes
0: on that. Yeah. But he didn't kill any of them. I don't understand... Like, yeah. was he using that for gardening? Because he was a gardener? Because that seems real stupid. Yeah, I, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's
1: where that part comes from, for sure. That's the origin of the blades. Yeah,
0: so it just... Yeah. Changing his background makes his other MO. things not in his mo. Yeah. makes other things not work and feel okay. wedged in. Yes. So
1: so they didn't want to make dream molester on Elm
0: Street. They wanted to make <laughs> right. a nightmare on Elm Street. Still. Yeah. That's really it. So yeah. I don't know. As you can say we're not huge fans of this one.
1: Yes. Let's get to the body count. Please. All
0: right. The body count uh there's some qualifications in this one. Ooh. So it's it's a lower body count like any of these movies are. But there are some that... I don't know if I count them or not. So I'll get to the ones I definitely count in the movie. In the opening scene, Dean, who is Chris's new boyfriend, I guess. There was this relationship triangle thing between Dean, Chris, and Jesse. That they Mm -hmm. never... It felt pointless. Like, why was it there? It didn't really seem to have any purpose. But Dean was in the diner. He is falling asleep. Can't stay awake. The diner that Nancy works at, by the way. And he is approached by freddy in his dream and in the real world it looks like he cuts his own throat but in the dream world he's being slashed by freddy number two is chris herself she dies the tina death in her bedroom as Mm. her boyfriend jesse slash rod watches as she is levitated in the room thrown against the walls and slashed around still like the original better of course Uh, there's more blood Uh, Mm. it looks it just looks better to me yeah um number three is jesse the aforementioned sort of boyfriend of chris old boyfriend. i don't know who knows who cares (laughs) he is of course arrested and stabbed in his jail cell and then tortured after that until his brain finally shuts down yes those are the only three that i a hundred percent confirm as Freddy kills in this movie huh yeah that's it because after that there's really nothing what about the very end? I don't know if I count that one. Mm. So I'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> another one that we might see the death of, we might not, is Marcus, the aforementioned Chewie from Friday the 13th mm. remake. We see him smash his head up against the, the camera. I don't know if I count that, though. We know he's dead. Yeah. 100%, yeah. but I don't know if we actually see his death there. Yeah, that's like, kind of a nobody, no death thing. If you, if you were to count all of those, though, you'd have yeah. to count all the kids from the picture. Yeah.
1: I feel like that was almost also put in there because I know there were plans to do a sequel. Because uh, they actually yeah. had Rooney Mara and Sam Bayer both, si- Jack Earl. they were all signed up. Rooney Mara
0: signed for two, Jack Earl Haley signed for three. Yeah,
1: so maybe that could have been a character they would have expounded upon and he might not have died. So
0: I'd say maybe don't put him on the
1: death list. Well, I'm, like, yeah, you know, not officially. I, I, I'm
0: not officially yeah. putting him on there, but yeah. What I, about
1: Freddie Flashback? Does Freddy flashback get a... um...
0: (laughs) Oh, Freddy dying in the... uh, No, I didn't count that either. Yeah. Um, The next one is a dog, actually. Uh, Chris's dog, Rufus. She sees dead... Um, But it's in her dream, so I don't know if I actually count that or not. Mm. There is a dead dog in the movie that Freddy did, but I don't know if it really happened, so I'm not counting it. And that goes hand-in-hand with the final one in the movie. In the last scene, Nancy's mom, Gwen, it happened in Nancy's dream, so did it actually happen in real life? We had this debate over the original movie of Nancy's mom, whether she died or not. We couldn't confirm it until part three, where it said that she died Touch me. so I don't know if I count that or not it is a death in the movie but I don't know if the character is actually dead in that universe okay so i can't count it i count three yeah. in this movie and
1: what, what's that what's the mom's name again in real life she's a pretty good actress she connie does, Britton. connie Britton. she deserved better yeah yeah she was like not not character wise but just as an actor
0: yeah she's good she was in like the first season of american horror yeah, story good which i know her best from yeah. a lot of people know her from friday night lights yeah
1: and the nashville series yeah yeah those i don't watch those but yeah first season of american horror story is is it's good. probably the best one still. I, 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 really I, like,
0: it. Oh, I, I like a lot of them. But yeah. yeah,
1: I gave up on it after a while. But, yeah, yeah she's good. Uh, she's always good. Uh, yeah, she's always a mom. Yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, just one of those moms. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave on a, a really fun note, Chris, okay. about a good movie. Or at least a movie okay. that we think is at least fun. Okay. Uh, Blink and You Miss It. And I had to get this. on. I will admit I stole this from IMDb. But I was mm-hmm. very happy that I found out about it prior to watching the film mm-hmm. is that when they're in the hospital mm-hmm. and Nancy doesn't want to, uh, you know, get put in, no one wants the shot to go to sleep. It's, yeah. it's standard fare in yeah. these movies. The, uh, the woman that's trying to give her the shot yeah. is Judith Hogue, yeah. AKA the original, the original, the good one. Yes, the original April O'Neil from the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yes,
0: you had to point it out to me, but once you did, I was like, "Oh wow, it is her!" And yeah. I, I had all the all the nostalgia flooded back because I love mm. love 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 the original. I like the the all the live action. Mm ninja turtle yeah. movies but they're, yeah they're fine she is my april o'neill for sure oh absolutely yeah, yeah.
1: hands down so yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it goes back to recasting yeah and that's the whole narrative of this particular uh well it's not the whole narrative yeah, of yeah. this remake but you know tried yeah. to make it full circle for you <laughs>
0: but not to bring you down in another full circle way mm-hmm. platinum dunes is responsible for those new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies.
1: Ooh, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. all Bay. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I've I've seen like five minutes of one of them. Yeah, Boy. I've seen them
0: both. Eh, they're not for me. So sorry. Yeah. So sorry.
1: William Fitchner as Shredder. Help me out. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about this off air. All
0: right. Well, we have one more episode in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise retrospective. It is our wrap up episode. If you've listened to the previous retrospectives, you'll know what to expect. We're going to talk about the series in its entirety. We're going to give you lots of stuff. Joey's going to be Mr. Stats.
1: Yeah, I'm going to bring all the bits back. Since no one's ever said anything negative about him in the past, I'm bringing them all back for this episode. (laughs) I'm going to put a lot to Chris, and Chris is going to come up with some brilliant stuff on the fly, Uh, just like he always does. And, yes, I'll have all the stats and see how well, you know, stuff like whether Box Office agrees with our official rankings and, of course, our master rankings On both ends, yes. two men's opinions on what is the best nightmare on Elm Street. Uh,
0: Yes, absolutely, and you'll be able to find that on cnjradio.com, the home of The Last Theater and the entire family of CNJ Radio podcasts. Of course, The Last Theater is also on the Facebook and Twitter, which I really interact with more on Twitter, so go over there. And tweet me at the last theater. Let us know. Do you like this remake? What's your favorite between this one and the Friday and the Halloween? We've talked about all three at this point. So yeah. let us know which is your favorite out of the three. Mine would be yeah, the Friday the Thirteenth one. Although for I sure. I gained a new respect for the Halloween one, sort of. <laughs> I like it better. But I no, I'm thinking of the second one. Yeah. The second one I gained a new respect for. I still don't really like the first one. Yeah. So yeah, Friday the Thirteenth by a mile. Yeah. Um, between... by, by a dune By a dune, yes <laughs> Oh, with that uh, And bye. sandworms No, <laughs> bye
1: I need you so